All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, episode number 226, which came to my knowledge today. I thought we were on 246. Don't know where that mental gap went, but uh, folks, as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joining with me is my co-host here and the captain, Mr. Andrew Full. What is going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. See, I told you you're always peppy. You, you knocked it out of the park, as always. I get like... So- but as soon as that record button goes on, I kind of get like a little burst of energy. But then give me like five minutes. That car is that car really loud for you? Yeah, that was pretty loud. I probably should have <laughs> brought my headphones out here. But you'll probably yeah. hear some mosquitoes in a second. Uh, I kind of can I, hear the crickets chirping. A, let me give a view for the folks tuning on YouTube. Look at old uh, Oneida Lake here. We're on Oneida Lake. I'm here with our good buddy, Mr. Destin Marion, Craig. And Dan, who's oh so gracious for uh, letting us stay at his house, and uh, much appreciated. I wish I was here Saturday like I was supposed to be, but my car, of course, crapped the bed. And uh, you guys listen to this on a Friday. Which means uh, we're past day one of the Derby. Which means we're past day one. Hopefully I'm not in 200th place, and hopefully we're doing relatively decent, and we're having a – we're in contention on day two. Hopefully, as you're – Hearing this right now, that I got like 12 pounds for three fish on Bass Track, and we're sitting in first. That's the goal. That'd be nice. Pretty hard to do. I I bet you there's going to be a ton of 7 to 10-pound bags waiting for three fish. Yeah. I think if you get 12, no. I think if you get 11, you're going to be doing all right. I think 20 pounds could win it on the co-angler side overall. Oh, yeah, because you don't know. You could have one really good draw day one, and then day two, you just got to scrap together a limit because of your draw, and it basically will flip. I think you'll do all right. You know you know how to catch three fish, at least. I don't know. It's kind of a stretch. <laughs> I know this lake fairly well, and what I know about it is they get really boat-sensitive, pressure-sensitive, and 200 boats. I'm already hearing from a lot of guys that, you know, they're only catching two fish in four days of practice, which is brutally horrible. And these are guys that are absolute sticks, especially out here. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It really is. My goal here for this week, obviously, I want to fish, catch fish, do really well. That's always the goal. Uh, but, dude, I have, a, like, a different kind of goal, I guess. More it's just going to be based on luck. But, like, I hope I draw somebody, like, because I know Paquette's here. That'd be cool just because I'm close with Paquette and I haven't gotten a chance to get in the boat with him. But, like, there's Pipkins, you know, Destin obviously would be cool. Uh, Polonix here. It'd be cool to get in a boat with a guy who's been around this game for a while and, and, like, not even, like, focus on the fishing. Just kind of focus on, like, taking notes, basically. You know what I mean? I'm sure Ike is there, too. Ike is here. Uh, Pangrax here. Horaznik. Uh, is Parasnik here? I, I believe he is leading – Angler of the year right now for all the divisions, so I'm pretty sure Prosnick's fishing all 12. I believe you might be correct. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of local hammers here too, like a friend of ours, Casey Smith here, buddy Liam Blake. These guys are, you know, Tom Hughes. These guys are all hammers out here, and I, I'm rooting for some of the local guys to win this thing. That'd be really cool to have one of our local guys make the classic and win on Oneida, so... Rooting for them, but it would be really cool to kind of get a boat draw with somebody who I've talked to a bunch and just haven't gotten the chance to get in a boat with and get to learn from. So I'm going to walk yeah. around here because I'm getting starting to get chewed up. So I'm going to walk away from these mosquitoes here. And uh, we got a cool topic today. 
uh, we got our top five moving baits in the summertime. So a lot of people in the summertime kind of associate, you know, you got to slow down. You got to finesse them, which in some cases, yes, that's very much so. And actually, I really do like finessing down. But Andy and I are going to be talking about moving baits to trigger bites in the summertime, ways to kind of get creative. And we're going to kind of go start at five, work all the way down to one and talk about which ones we like to do and why. So, Andy, without that, without further ado, first of all, do you have any news for us? And to kick us off. Um, right now, not too much news. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, I will probably be heading to Rochester to pick Bailey up Friday night, I'm thinking. And we'll be heading to Sotus Bay for a derby, a two-day cumulative event, which I'm hoping the fish will bite my number five pick here because pretty sure I'm going to have it tied on. But that is going to be a... Sp- <laughs> guys in the club that listen no, I'm just kidding I don't care a spook so a spook uh, style bait there's a couple different ones I really like um tackle makes a good one reaction innovation old school vixen is another top dog there and then your traditional zero super spook in the saltwater edition are three th- three spook type yeah three spook type <laughs> baits that I love to have in my top water arsenal I use it whenever there's a little bit of a riffle in the water that um, one of my baits later on in the list I can't use because I like it in a completely different condition. But, uh, Bailey, what is your fifth favorite summertime moving bait? Uh, so moving bait kind of on the flip side, but also kind of streamlined with the top water. Um, you obviously chose a walking bait, and I used to be all gung-ho. Like, I'd only throw a spook, and that's all I would throw if top water was a spook. Um, until, obviously... Well, the you know River to Sea came out with the Whopper Plopper, and then in stride with that, you know Berkeley came out with Chapo. And for me, I like the Chapo because it's louder, and if that's the kind of presentation I want to go with something a little bit crazier, I like the Chapo for that. And also, it's kind of just built a lot tougher. Um, but I like to slow roll the living crap out of a Chapo. Yeah, like it, literally, you play around with it, and I've experimented with it a bunch, and I've kind of gotten the setup. The setup's kind of crucial in that. Like you can't really do it with a mono; you can do it with a braid. Um, and I used to be all about like straight mono for top water, but I've changed in that fact where it, it you won't bend out hooks and you won't lose fish as much if you have the right rod. Um, so I throw it on a, a seven foot medium winch. Uh, it's a, a medium moderate fast, 30 pound braid. And I throw a 110 Berkeley Chapo. And I literally, you are going as fast as you, as still, you can get in the plop, but you're as slow as you possibly can while still getting that plop. And that's triggered some freaking donkeys to eat, especially over grass, grass lines. You know, there's a rock pile, there's structure under that you know about. That's uh, that's, that's the juice for top water for me. Oh heck yeah! So I mean, I without further really fast, I apologize. To, I said I really fast. I apologize to everyone that might be watching on the YouTube side because my camera is just shaky as heck because I'm essentially just running away from mosquitoes yeah and i just don't want to bother yeah i don't want to bother the guys inside with me talking loud because i just talk loud in general so yeah it happens we're loud people so on to number four bailey what is your number four moving bait choice in the Uh, summertime something that has worked really well for me but in like specific situations but it's a lot of fun when it does work it's very like i said it's very specific but i take a this is gonna sound really like Berkeley esque. I don't. There's that car again. Bastard. 
Um, <laughs> he knows the show's going on. Um, I don't mean to sound Berkeley-esque. I just like a lot of their stuff. But uh, throwing a Berkeley Fritzside Biggin around shallow grass lines. Um, and you're not slow rolling it. You're just you're burning it because that's, that's a really tight wobble. I don't know. Something about it. They eat it in the summer. It, you know, people are throwing square bills. People are deep cranking, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, throwing the fritz side, and not any fritz side, just the fritz side big one. Try to produce some bigger bites. Something a so, little stealthier. Spoiler alert for me. I do not have any crankbaits in my top five list because I'm not a cranker. So, spoiler alert. So, my fourth. He's, he's a jerker. Jerker. I'm not even really a jerker. So, <laughs> uh, so my, my fourth favorite bait, and there's two variations to it. You have the popping and the walking. So, my next one is another topwater choice, usually fish, um, matted out vegetation, or submerged, or cattails, is a frog. Um, I've been experimenting with different ones this year. So far, my favorite one for laying on the water is a swamp donkey, but I find they tear after two fish. So I just bought a few others. Spros are really good for walking and popping. Make sure you put a little bit of super glue where the hooks come out so they don't leak. A lot of frogs have a leaking issue. Um, I'll kind of go on. A, I'm not throwing them underneath the bus here, but my least favorite frog, and I do not like it, is the Sixth Sense Vega. I'm not a fan of the hooks on it. So just kind of throwing it out there, not throwing any shade. I think there's a couple things that it can do to make that frog better, but I'm also not an expert. It's just not my deal. So hmm. I was gonna make a joke about a frog, but we'll leave that off the podcast. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so I guess eat. we'll, what? <laughs> no, nothing, Did you say rivet? <laughs> I said eat me, but never eat me. Mind. Oh, I mean, I haven't tried it, so you can't knock until you try it. Um, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So my number three choice here. Do you want to go into number three already, Bailey? I'm trying to think what my third one would be. Um. Oh man, I'm trying to think of the three. Okay, third one. I know. Actually, I'm going to change that. Okay, third one. I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm set in stone now. Third one um, is going to be a oh god, what is the weight? It's not three eighths. It's not a quarter. What is it? I think it's oh, it's a five sixteenths. I don't know why it took me long so long to remember that. Uh, a five sixteenths swim jig. Uh, I'm gonna put on a chigger craw on the back, and I'm not gonna. I'll play around with it a little bit, see what they want, let them tell me. But a really fun way to do it for me is like you're essentially like a it's like a aggressive yo-yo through the grass with a swim jig and the bites are just kind of crazy i don't do that a lot but like the times that i have the bites have been really fun and they've been big fish so yeah when uh, it's on it's on i've caught some big yeah. ones swim jigging at a couple lakes and there's times where that's all they'll eat and it's just an absolute riot yeah and it's straight black or straight white not something flashy nothing too natural because you're it's it's a it's reaction bite is all it is. Yeah. So I mean I I don't have a swim jig in my top three, but what I like to do with a swim jig real real quick because it is such a fun bite. I go a little bit opposite. I like to use white and chartreuse, and then a big white paddle tail like a Kitek four point eight to give it a little bit of size. Because a lot of our lakes have alawives in them and they're a little bit bigger of a bait fish. So when you rip it out of that grass, that paddle tail stays clear. You get a hard thump on it as it falls back down. So it, that's a really fun bite, and it's always choked. 
Always. Always is. Especially with that smaller profile. Yep. Yeah. But you can get you can experiment a lot with a swim jig. Like yeah. Alabama shake it. I know obviously it's big down the south, but like in the north, I'm, I not a lot of guys throw it. No. They really don't. Um and it can really be a versatile versatile bait to throw, like different scenarios and uh it's one it's of virtually things. snagless too, like it doesn't get hung up. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Andrew, what's your second? We're kind of chugging along here. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. number three. Oh, okay. Yeah. All so right. this is a bait that you cannot find unless you want to spend big money when you find it. And I'm down to two. Um, the spinner bait is my third choice. And I like expensive JDM spinner baits. Um, Jackal Super Eruption is my number one favorite spinner bait. Andy's bougie. Uh, yeah, it's fifteen ninety nine when they actually sold them. Um, I actually gave Destin one a couple years ago, and I think his uh, reaction was, "Wow, this thing is sweet, but it broke after two fish." <laughs> so, like, they're super thin wired. I want something that has a ton of vibration, but that runs true. And the biggest key for a spinnerbait, and a lot of people overlook this quality on it, is when that bait hits the water, you want those blades to spin immediately like normal. You don't want them fluttering and clacking. And what I found with that super eruption is it falls horizontally or vertically, whatever it would be. Those blades actually spin in tune like it was actually moving straight. So as you pause it, those blades will continue to spin the same way the entire time through the water column. It's just an incredible spinner bait. I only use it in certain situations because... I don't want to lose it or break the arm off on like my ninth one, but um, incredible, incredible windblown points over grass, like submerged grass, four feet. We'll call it like eight foot of water with four foot submerged grass. You can kind of rip it out same way with that swim jig. And on the pause as it falls, they always, not always, but they'll eat it on that pause because those blades are spinning. Right. So are you a, a guy to throw a spinner bait in clear water? Yes. If it's not windy. Yes, I'll still do it from time to time. Usually I throw chatterbait first, but that super eruption because the blades on it are real little, it it works really well even in flat, calm, clear water, bright, sunny days. All right. And it's probably a bad habit being a northerner, but I avoid it on days like that just because, like, the amount of pike you get. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It sucks. But, like, for smallmouth, I'll, I'll throw it, no doubt. But at least for largemouth, I like it when it's calmer, but, like, brown, like, dirtier water. Yeah. Like, that's where I, I use a spinnerbait. So, but it, that is a fun bite. It really is because, like, they don't, just, they don't just clamp onto that. They rip the rod out of your hand. So the biggest thing, I'm going to give a little tidbit here. The biggest thing I found in ultra-clear calm water for light reflection or refraction would be a hammered blade. So it breaks up the light a little bit as that blade comes through the water. If you run just a straight gold or straight silver with a ton of flash, you're not going to get bit. But if you go with that hammered blade, you tend to get more bites on it in those conditions. Hmm. Not too many companies make them. I'm not going to tell you who because I'm going to keep that to myself. But um, yeah. So <laughs> if, you P if you DM me, we can go fishing and I may show you. <laughs> Got to book a guide trip. <laughs> hey, shameless plug. What's hey. number two, Bailey? 
Oh, man. Number two, I'm torn on that. But I guess what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to go with a 5XD or a 6XD. And I'm either cranking over, like, deep grass or I'm trying to, you know. And I'm really excited about when I get that 360 to be able to make, like, perfect, specific casts with it on those really deep grass lines. And you just burnt. There's a mosquito on my phone. Hold on. You're going to get flicked. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, is burning it. Like, kind of like how, you, how you're supposed to fish a deep crank, right? I mean, you're just, you're getting a 6-3 to 1, a 6-1 to 1, and you're just trying to make the real smoke. Um, and, you know, not to copy my words are, here. They are you making smoke fire? It. Yeah. Yeah. They literally <laughs> smoke it. So, um, that's a really fun bite. Um, I think also in stride of the 5XD, 6XD, um, I do like the, um, I think it's, uh, oh gosh, they're the hardcores. What, what company is that? Yozuri? Duo? No, that Dual. Yeah, Yozuri owns Dual Hardcore, D-U-E-L. Yeah, uh, they make a good one. The 16 Plus I like uh, and the Tennessee Shad. Um, I, I like that one. And I also like a, a Berkeley Dredger, a 15.5. That's Which nice. you left your baits in my boat. So I have I some dredgers in Andy's boat. <laughs> yes. And uh, your pliers. Whoop. Found those today. <laughs> I also I, I also like if there's if there's hard breaks, I like to crank it off that break and kill it. That's mm-hmm. what I like to do too. But yeah. All good stuff. Pretty straightforward. So. so my number two, I'm going right back to the surface. Usually when we run on tournament mornings or even fun fishing first thing in the morning, it's it tends to be flat calm. So the first thing I do is I always pick up a popper and I want to see what the fish's mood is in. I don't throw it long usually. I just want to see if they're going to blow up on it, if they're missing it, if they're getting it really good. That, that first 20 minutes is super crucial, and that's about all the time I will throw a popper, but it can really key you in to how the fish are biting. I want something that chugs really well, not something that walks. I want to move water, fish it fast, and just cover a flat. And then also, if you pay attention to where that fish blows up and eats your popper, usually there's a school of them there, and you can make the same cast over and over and over again and catch them quite rapidly. So, And that also can key you into when you want to go back through and flip the grass. I know we're talking moving baits. But if you waypoint it and you know right where you caught those bass on the popper, you can go back through and catch them again flipping. So I I really like popper fishing. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, you and that freaking popper, man. The you throw the Rico, right? Yeah, yeah. Rico Yellow Magic, um, old school chug bugs are really good. Not the. You need pre-Rapala chug bugs ah. before they purchase Storm. Uh, I have a couple without feathers on them in my basement because they fell apart and dry rotted. But um, the pre-Rapala chug bugs are really good. Super Pop R's are really good chuggers. But it's all about the Rico for me. I love Ricos. They're expensive. They come with super sharp gammy hooks. Bougie. They chug really well. Yes, I am a bougie fisherman, I guess. Mega Bass and Rio Ricos, sign me up. You're a you're a gold digger for bass fishermen. <laughs> yeah, but yet I use middle of the road to entry level rods. So hey. <laughs> it's all good. All right. So number, number two. One. Oh, did you do your number? You did. Number one it is. 
Number one, uh, my favorite summertime moving bait to throw. And I can confidently say I don't think many people whatsoever throw us, at least in relative terms of the north. So I might be giving some stuff away. If other people do it and they don't want to give it away, I apologize for what I'm about to say. Um, not really, because it's fun as heck. So I encourage you to try it. It's a sick bite. Um, but take in like either a three quarter ounce all the way up to an ounce and a quarter uh, jackhammer and fish in like deep grass, like 20 foot of grass, uh, taking that, you know, you get that nice milfoil. You can obviously, you can look at it on side imaging. Uh, it's not easy to tell if that's milfoil down there, but a couple of casts and you bring up some grass, you can obviously tell if it's milfoil, hydrilla, coontail. When you realize it's that, you can tick the top of that with that heavy chatterbait, still slow roll it. Like if I want to, if I really want to get it down there in 2022, because that grass will grow down there and I want to take that grass and I want to slow roll it, I'll go to an ounce and a quarter. That is an insane bite. I love the heck out of that. Throw a paddle tail on, on the trailer. And that's just like a big bite bait, like in the summer. For Literally just, you are taking the grass, you're ripping it out and you are getting clobbered. Um, but yeah, nothing too special with it. It's just, it's a fun deal that no one else is doing. And yeah, there we go. Secrets out. So my number one bait is also a jackhammer, but I tend to fish it lighter, three eighths to a half ounce. But I, I think I also fish it differently than a lot of people. A lot of people try to find like that middle of the road, submerged milfoil or coontail or hydrilla, whatever the grass is in the lake, right, Bailey? Mm -hmm. I like to fish it shallow. So I like a visual chatterbait bite, and I figured that out on one of our local lakes a few years ago, and I have become addicted to it, um, is watching them come up and eat it in like two foot of water over submerged grass where it's great grass, but you have lanes through it and holes. You can kill it and see them come up and eat it. You're like, oh, where'd it go? There he is. And I mean, this is pretty much it right here, just Black blue, green pumpkin, Zacco trailer, half ounce, and just give it a whirl. Heck yeah. Too much fun when they eat that mm -hmm. dang thing. The issue is a lot of people are now realizing the power of a chatterbait. It took about 10 years. Yeah. And I think everybody throws one now because everybody knows that it catches big fish. And a chatterbait bite is going downhill like five years ago you could go out and catch 100 fish on it a day now five to ten bites maybe yeah. so it becomes more of a specialized weapon as opposed to just a fish catching weapon so right time and place yeah all right anything else andy any of the other special baits or anything you want to uncover here um i Big thing I didn't cover with the spinnerbait is there's two different baits I like to put on it. One is a, a Kitek Easy Shiner, the four inch, or a Fluke. A Super Fluke is a great soft plastic on a spinnerbait that helps keep that bait level as you're reeling it through the water. A lot of people will just throw a trailer hook on it, leave skirt and no body plastic on it, and that causes your spinnerbait almost to cavitate and roll as you're reeling it. If you put some type of plastic on it it's going to cause it to level out and run true you might have to do some adjusting on the wire to make it run the way you want it to but that's going to help you fine tune it more by slapping the right piece of plastic on it which is a very underutilized tip that anybody can use on a spinnerbait and they don't so 
that's my hot tip of the day when it comes to spinnerbait fishing. Heck yeah. How about you, Bailey? Before you get eaten alive. Uh I don't know, man. Kinda kinda divulged a lot of it. Um I think one good trailer, you know, talking about the chatterbait deal that now a lot of people throw, uh, is that big bite baits kamikaze or the mm-hmm. no, big bite baits. Is it kamikaze swim it's on? A com- it's a com- swim on. Swim on. Swims on. Yeah. I believe it's kamikaze. Okay. Yeah, that one's pretty sick. That one I like more for shallower chatterbaits, but yeah. Deeper ones, like I mentioned, I just go straight paddle tail. 4.8, 3.8, throw bigger ones. Heck I don't yeah, know. Man. That pretty much covers it, but yeah. anything else we want to uh, tell the folks before we wrap things up here? Um, we keep reiterating this, but there are more videos coming on YouTube. Be patient with us. We're in like the busiest stretch of our year of our summer. So like, I don't think Bailey's filming Oneida, but we'll be filming our two day event this weekend. So even more stuff coming. Uh, So just be on the lookout for that and always like, share, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you want us to produce and put out there for us so we can supply content for you, not just for us. So we're here for you. Yeah. And uh, there's two, three, three days left in our giveaway that we're going, uh, we're putting down on our Instagram. If you guys can win a serious angler hat, a guide trip up with Andrew in Buffalo for some smallmouth. Uh, and also a $50 gift card to your favorite tackle online retailer. Did we adjust that post? They no, include that the... would probably be smart to do, which we right. probably would have done two days ago, seeing as though this is a Friday's episode. So yes, you guys don't have to Oops. worry about that. You're just going to listen to us ramble here. Yes. But so as always, thanks for tuning in everyone. And I hope you guys have a great Friday. Peace out. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.